very pleased that our, our third and final keynote speaker this, in this session is Joe Henry, who's Vice President of Analytics and Insight at Nielsen Book Research. With a background in sales, she's well equipped to explore some data-driven future. So I'd like to ask Joe to, to take to the podium. Good morning, everyone. So, some data slides. I, I haven't actually asked the London Book Fair, but I'm assuming that these will be made available to delegates after, so you don't need to frantically scribble things down. If not, just email me and I'll send them to you. Um, so, my agenda today really is to help set the scene for the rest of the conference, the rest of the things you're going to see today. I'm going to look at some global confidence trends and book scan markets around the world. And apologies to anyone who was an IPC delegate yesterday, because you'll have seen some of these slides before, but the rest of you haven't. And then I'm going to take a case study and look at some really interesting trends that we're seeing in the UK, um, including what's happening in YA, what's happening in the digital world and self-publishing, and extending that onto a little snapshot of what's going on in the audio world. Um, I'm going to look a bit about uh, channels, the uh, way people are getting their books, um, and the discovery about that. And also I'm going to finish on um, perhaps a note of caution about gifting and what we see in the gifting market. So this is a very cramped slide that you won't be able to see, so you'll have to look when you get it. Uh, it's the Nielsen Consumer Confidence Index, and that comes from Big Nielsen. We're obviously part of the biggest research organization in the world, AC Nielsen. Um, it's a survey that takes place every quarter in 61 countries around the world, and it looks at how optimistic and how pessimistic people are about their economy. Global confidence ended 2015 at uh, 97. It's an index score, 97, and that's actually where it started the year as well. Um, India's at the top of that with an index of 131. The UK is just over, it's 101, and the US is absolutely on the, on the level at 100. But we can see big differences in regionality about consumer confidence, and this is looking at things like their job um, prospects and whether they think they're in recession or not. So you can see that Europe was actually the only region to sow an improved index over the year, and particularly across three of the indicators, jobs, finance, and spending. More than half of the respondents around the world thought they were in recession in the fourth quarter last year. Interestingly, except in the US, uh, those who thought they were in recession was less than 50% for the first time since 2008. So there has been a huge surge of optimism in the US. Um, something to do with low petrol prices, obviously, but uh, good job reports as well. Consumers around the world who are looking for ways to cut back on spending said that clothing and out-of-home entertainment was where they're going to cut their spending most. We're hoping that means good news for in-home entertainment, and we obviously put books in that section. So translating that into the world of books, this is some Nielsen book scan data. Now, this is physical books only. It doesn't measure e-books as part of this uh, uh, system. We can see that in the 10 countries covered by uh, Nielsen BookScan in 2014 over 2013, plus China, where we have a relationship with Open Book, we saw six were in growth. Two were flat, three were in decline. The growth in the US, and actually a lot of other countries around the world, is due to a YA phenomenon, where we've seen huge projects, huge uh, series selling vast numbers. But children's actually did really, really well in 2014 around the world as well. 
In 2015, there's actually an improved picture in physical books. So there's been a growth in physical book sales in UK, Ireland, and New Zealand, and higher growth rates than the previous year in China and South Africa. But you can see here, uh, there are three European countries added to this chart where we have uh, a partnership with GFK in Austria, in Germany, and in Switzerland. And the physical book markets are somewhat in decline in all those markets. And I think that's probably as a purchasing is beginning to switch to digital formats much later than it has in the UK and the US. You can see also that India uh, turned from a positive market in 2014 to a negative in 2015 as a changing e-commerce landscape in, in India. Children's market did not perform as well as it had in previous years. Also, um, there's no uh, bestsellers on, from the Indian market itself in 2015. And a slide that just looks at how different these markets actually are in terms of the makeup in the difference between the three big categories, children, adult fiction, adult nonfiction. You can see that, interestingly, children's books, physical books, accounts for nearly half of the Australian market. And you can see that New Zealand, Ireland, Spain, the US, and the UK aren't that far behind. They're all well above that 29% average. The rest of the European markets see a much higher uh, part of their market accounted for by fiction books, adult fiction books. And that's obviously as a result of their much slower move to ebook formats. That's why in the UK and the US and Australia, you're seeing physical uh, fiction much lower. And non-fiction is particularly important for what we might term emerging markets. You can see in China, it's 62%, India, 48%, Brazil, 47%, or much higher than the 41% average. And this is a slightly complicated slide, but just to show that there's been physical growth actually in all those categories in at least some markets. Uh, this is actually excluding China and India here. But you can see, most obviously, children has grown year on year in all markets except Austria, Germany, and particularly in Australia, where it's fallen back. Remember, it was a big part of that market. Um, Nonfiction's grown in seven of these 12 markets. And even fiction's seen some growth in five of them, particularly, interestingly, in South Africa. So I promised you a quick case study on the UK market. We see very similar trends in the US as well, where we run a very big consumer survey. The data source for this is Books and Consumers. That monitors 3,000 book buyers each month in the U UK. And we're picking up uh, information about their purchasing of both ebooks and physical books, so it brings those two formats together. And we're picking up their purchasing from all sources and from all publishers, so it includes some data on self-publishing. So that we can see in 2015, books and consumers saw an improvement in print in all the three main categories. Um, after decreases in the volume of physical books bought between 2012 and 2014, we saw one million more children's and YA books bought in print last year, two million more adult fiction books, and driving that increase, five million more adult non-fiction books. If we add digital purchases to that, and in this case, I'm including both ebooks and audiobooks. We see overall growth in 2015 for both those adult categories. And the addition of digital particularly boosts the performance of fiction, has much, much less impact on the nonfiction market and the children's market. And what you can see here is the proportion of those markets that are taken by those digital formats. 
And actually, if you add in uh, the uh, digital formats to the children's YA sector, you can actually see that turns that print growth into a small decline. So I'm just going to take one minute to look at what happened in YA, and I'm actually going to use some US data here because I happen to have the slides and they show something really interesting, which is that in 2013, this is the top 20 bestseller lists for that year, there are three YA titles in the top 20, and actually three children's titles as well. We saw something really interesting in 2014. Half of the top 20 bestsellers in the US in 2014 were YA titles, and other seven titles were children's titles. So they had almost complete dominance of the bestseller lists in physical format in the US in 2014. But in 2015, we got one. That YA phenomenon has kind of completely dried up in 2015. And that one title actually was published back in 2008, I think, and saw its dominance on the bestseller charts because of a movie tie-in. However, we know, because we match the book and the buyer, that the vast majority of YA books are actually bought by those who are aged over 18 for themselves. They're not being bought for the YA generation at all, if you define it as under 18. Over 70% in the US and just under 70% of those books have been bought for adults by adults. So an interesting question really is where did they go in 2015? They weren't buying John Green's and Divergent and Hunger Games. Um, so we see another very interesting phenomenon. Young, adult, uh, young women particularly, and I'm taking a cohort, 25 to 34 here, and we can see them accounting for huge uh, proportions of purchases of what we're calling griplet. That was one of the big phenomena in 2015. We saw the girl on, the girl in, doing really well. Uh, strong female protagonists. So you can see that they are the inheritor of the Hunger Games type of um, genre. Being purchased very strongly by 25 to 34-year-old women. They're also heavily invested in another boom we saw in 2015, which was healthy eating, particularly vegan books. These sold phenomenal amounts in the UK and the US. Another phenomenon, adult coloring books, very heavily invested by this age group and by the young women. And last but not least, they've also been really important to the children's picture book market, which saw growth last year as well. Um, and they're not necessarily buying for their own children. They do buy for their own children, but they buy for other people's children as well. They're very heavy buyers of books for, for gifts for others. So I'm going to turn back to digital and look at ebook um, share of book purchases. Because, of course, within the broad category, there's also a huge divergence about what's moving to E, what's falling back towards P, which are maintaining that hybrid E, E, uh, P-print model. So, all of the main fiction genres are getting on for one in two being bought as an e-book. And in fact, that's over 70% of romance purchases now. Some of the more narrative, less illustrated non-fiction genres are getting towards a quarter in digital. The other main non-fiction genres, less than one in five bought as a digital book and highly illustrated genres, plus children and even YA last year, all less than one in 10. Most of the genres that have the highest proportion in digital are continuing to grow in digital, but many others are likely to be seeing growth in physical formats. 
However, despite that, we're still seeing a small but significant growth in digital purchases, much lower level than before, but it's still there. And why is that? It's because of self-publishing. So the main growth in the e-book market, as you can see from the proportionate size of these two charts here, was in 2013 over 2012. It grew by around a third. And we estimate that in 2013, uh, e-books took a one in five, sorry, self-published e-books took a one in five share of the market. That proportion actually dropped slightly in 2014, and the e-book market grew by another 7%. But in 2015, all of the e-book growth can be attributed to a rise in purchasing of self-published titles. Uh, so those from what we might term mainstream publishers were down slightly. We can now see self-publishing rising from one in six in 2014 to more than one in five in 2015. And we go through, as Porter has uh, reported, an incredibly laborious process to identify these self-published titles. The average price paid for those self-published titles is still around half of what people pay for e-books from traditional publishers, so that, in fact, overall, the price paid for e-books fell by 1% last year. And in contrast, the average price paid for print books rose by 2%. Now, that's a, a kind of an, an unheard of thing. We haven't seen prices rise for a very long time. Plateauing of the e-book share echoes a small, uh, slow increase in what uh, devices people have. You can see that ownership of e-book reading specific devices has gone down. Um, and that we can see that those owning tablets only rose by four percentage points in 2015 over 2014. And overall, the number of people who have any one of these three devices went up to 85% last year, over 84 the year before. Definite slowdown. And of course, along with this resurgence since print and this kind of flatlining in E, we've seen some significant growth in the audiobook market, albeit from a very small base. As Jack said, up 27% in volume terms. We see uh, downloads, obviously, now taking the lion's share of the markets, but CD format's still important. Uh, we see subscriptions, accounting for three and four. Sorry, one in four of the units acquired. Um, and interestingly, we see people using a huge variety of devices to listen to that audio on. But PCs, which you would think of as old technology, is still very important in that market. And there's a mix of genres that are transitioning successfully to the audiobook format. I'm going to finish with a quick look at two things. Um, channel share of print books. I've stripped e-books out of this data just for uh, it, it slightly distorts the market. But over a four-year period, taking e-tailers, bookshops, and supermarkets, you can see that e-tailers have increased their market share, volume, number of books bought, 28 to 31%. And bookshops, indies, and chains have been holding their own. Over two in five books were bought through these channels in 2015, as in 2012. Whereas we've seen some volume loss of books being bought through supermarkets and actually through direct sellers. That's where e-tailers have been gaining from. Why do people buy in bookshops? You can see here the top six reasons. Convenience was top for buying in a chain bookshop in 2015. Independent bookshops are most commonly chosen for their selection of uh, the selection they offer. But supporting a local independent retailer 
is also a really important consideration for their customers. There's been an increase in the convenience factors for chains and an increase in the numbers cho uh, choosing to buy in an indie bookshop because of their selection, their service, and their atmosphere in 2015, more than 2014. Finally, or sorry, second to final, um, browsing searching is still the top discovery mechanism for books, discovery in bookshops leading the way. Word of mouth, very important still. That's only been enabled by the digital uh, revolution. Uh, there's been an increase in the bestsellers. That's been particularly pertinent for those 25 to 34-year-old women. And an increase, too, in physical bookshops bringing books to people's attention. But one note of caution, I think, books bought for others, gifting. The share of the market taken by books bought for others down 8% since 2012. Eight percentage points since 20, eight percent since 2012, and that de decrease reflects fewer books bought as birthday gifts or as impulse gifts, and purchases for spouses and partners is falling fastest over that five-year period. But there's also been decreases in books bought by grandparents and mums. Interestingly, not dads so much. So just on that note, I'm going to leave you now to the rest of the conference. We've got a whole morning devoted to children's on Thursday, if anybody would like to come to that summit. got, obviously, reports and things for you to, to have access to later. Thank you.